and welcome to episode 13 of Head of a Codfish, a podcast about modern working families. I'm your podcast host and producer, Hayley. Did you know that September 30 is International Podcast Day? To mark the occasion, I have created a special Podcast Day bonus episode where I'm going to look back at the past episodes and see what we have heard so far. First off, let's look at the people I've interviewed. We've had 10 working parents, 8 women, 2 men, and out of the families we've discussed, we've had 19 children, 7 parents doing full-time paid work, 8 parents doing part-time paid work, 1 parent studying, 1 parent out of paid work after a workplace injury, 2 shift workers, 3 families impacted by work travel, and 2 families with special needs children. So what have we talked about? Well, as you can imagine, we talk about flexible work arrangements a fair bit. I loved getting Alina's perspective on flexible work arrangements as someone in the HR field. I know there's research, a lot of research I've read shows that if, if people are given flexible working arrangements, they will generally be more productive. Yes. And they will give more back and they will be more loyal and hence you're not and having issues with staff They'll just retention. be more balanced in their life and feel more satisfied and That's less right. likely to feel like they need to make a change, yes. which may be leaving your workplace. Yeah. So I think from the time I interviewed Alina, there has been more and more evidence coming out that supports that view, that workers who have the ability to make work and other life demands happen more easily are more productive, balanced and loyal within their workplaces. So when you were listening to Alina speak just then, who were you picturing? Someone you know who is already working part-time? Someone at your workplace who job shares? A friend who does some work from home? Can I ask, was the person you were picturing female? More than likely it was. I've written some of my own thoughts on flexible work arrangements in a blog post that I'm going to read a passage from now. Overwhelmingly, when people talk about flexible work arrangements, it is our work value being expressed in number of hours at work, where the longer the hours equals the more valuable the employee. This metric means that by being at work less, working part-time or taking time off for kids' appointments or events, We are seen as being less valuable, achieving less and being less committed. If we are trying to work fewer hours, we're seen as slacking off or taking advantage. Quite frankly, this metric serves to further the careers of those not towing the childcare line. Currently, that is mostly men. But a different metric to assess value is how productive we are or what we are achieving in our work. Some suggest that in reality, people working four days get more done than those working five days that intense compressed passages of work can be more productive than long passages of time that are easily squandered. We all need to challenge our perception of flexible work as working less and move towards seeing it as a better fit for the same work. Because while we are getting more and more on board with women working flexibly to fit around family responsibilities, which is a great step forward... If we go back to the introductory episode of Head of a Codfish, you may remember how we wanted males to be in the flexible work picture also. Saying the key to workplace participation in women is not to simply load up women with paid work on top of child caring, but to create some space by removing men from the workplace a bit. 
I want to find examples of families who are veering away from the predominant options and possibly trying a bit of male workplace removal in the hope that families who are trying to navigate these waters have more experiences they can draw from, more than they would have just from their family and friends. If, at the moment, we are not seeing men requesting flexible work arrangements in greater numbers, what are the barriers? As I discussed with Megan, there are a few obvious ones. The rules not catering for it, the culture of workplaces not being accepting or receptive to men who choose to take up flexible work arrangements, and also the way men themselves view full-time or part-time work. Yeah. What about your husband? Um, probably not so much for Is it? Him, do you I'd feel say. like it's something that's taken into consideration in his work that he is someone that has three children and, and there is some responsibility that comes with that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would like to see him try and have some more flexibility for his work too. Yep. And talk about that, you know, why don't you have that one day off a week to, you know, just spend with the children? Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but it's funny, isn't it, that train of thought? And possibly he's pretty old school in terms of the way he looks yeah. at it. And, um, you know, no, I'm happy. I'm happy going off and working the full-time hours. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it is a big shift. And part of it is, of course, the how that will be viewed. Yeah, um, I which, think so as we've too. talked about in the podcast before, is certainly something we've come across. Is that it's just more acceptable for women to work part time. Yeah. Um, and when a father tries to work part time, they are often in the workplace. Um, faced with resistance and they're viewed differently. Yeah, he does work in a male-dominated industry yep. and so there's probably just not that... I suppose just from in his um, role itself, I, it would yeah. be an exception to yeah. the role for him to and work any different. There's, there's two parts to it, isn't it? There's the actual rules, as in if you literally went and asked, can I do this, yes. whether there is the ability yes. um, at all within the framework yeah. of... of hours and whatever and then there's just the culture and yes. the acceptability of of exactly. that yeah whereas yeah we kind of talk to some people talk to some people and they talk about the difference between what the rules are yeah and what the culture is yeah so in theory it's fine yeah um but in reality do it and you find a lot of resistance exactly and a lot of questioning of yes. of you know what are you doing yeah and exactly um yeah 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 so for him you know that would be a huge leap of faith i think for him to to try yeah. something different it's yeah. just all he knows and yeah, yeah. We looked more at the cultural and societal barriers faced by men looking for work flexibility with Alina, and I was kind of dismayed to learn that this had shaped the direction both of our families had taken in regards to divvying up the paid work. Because society hasn't caught up and he's yep. male. Yeah. And um, I think, though, he, he probably finds it easier to put work second and right. I find it harder to put work. So yeah, yeah. I've always very much been, you know, um, putting in 120% at work has always been really, really important to me, mm-hmm. working extra hours. Yep. Um, whereas he, I think he just finds it easier to go to work, do what he needs to do and come home. Yep. So. So... With that in mind, because part of kind of the well, some of the themes that I'm picking up on and working with with these interviews mm. is that I guess the idea of the male continuing full time work and the female um, 
doing the part-time, fitting in what they can, which might be no work, might be, might be part-time, mm-hmm. might be full-time, whatever, yeah. um, is that I kind of feel like that doesn't really take into consideration the aptitude and ambitions of the individual pieces of yes. that family. So did you ever, I don't know, consider doing things differently if you have a different approach to work? We did. So we did consider my husband working part-time and mm-hmm. myself working full-time and yep. vice versa. Um, I think ultimately if if it came to the crunch, uh, my husband probably would work part-time if yep. I said that that was extremely important to me. Yeah. Um, but I think he's also made it quite clear to me that he doesn't believe that he would be taken seriously mm. in the workforce yeah. if he worked part-time. Yeah, and that's something we're really um, coming up against, I guess, mm. because my husband is working, and it's like we say four days, yeah. um, in that a lot of the things that you hear about and we know mm. um, happening to women mm. um, trying to work part-time um, happening to him, so being put into lesser roles, mm. um, being assumed that he's not dedicated to his work mm. because um, he wants to to take time off. Yeah, and so it is kind of yeah, it is a bit more accepted yeah. that I work part time because I'm the female. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, he has yeah. come across those. It, it, it definitely is less well accepted mm. um, than than it is yeah. for me to, to be working yeah. part-time. So you're right. Workplaces mm. haven't really caught up no. with that. We've got a long way to go with that kind of yeah. um, consideration mm. for, for um, anyone that has a family, not just females. Australia is very far behind. I also talked with Megan about the change in attitude towards all working parents in the event that flexibility was offered to all, not just working mothers. What I would hope if we get to the point where the rules are more supportive of everyone being flexible, so men and women, um, what I hope that would, the flow-on effect of that, is that at the moment a lot of people view or a woman has children, works part-time, she's somehow turned into mother and is no longer ambitious, career-focused, um, yeah, really ambitious, yeah. that somehow having a child flicks a switch yes. and they turn into a different person and they no longer have aspirations. I just remember reading this article once about women that have children can still want to be a CEO. Mm. And we kind of have this, this um, subconscious expectation that there is a switch as binary yes. yeah, either one or the other yeah you can't be both yeah um which i think over time you know a lot of people are working on breaking that down Definitely. but i kind of wonder if more men are then in that kind of flexible situation whether we start to challenge that a bit more because i'm sure the more men that are taking up flexible work yeah the less that question will come in like people won't as much go okay he's a father or a worker exactly. it's one and not the uh, one, not the other, they're yes. mutually, mutually exclusive. Yeah. I kind of wonder if we're all doing it a bit more, whether that concept breaks down a bit. Oh, for sure. It's great. Um, yeah. 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 What is the path forward from here? What do we need to do to help change the culture around men taking a step back from the workplace to allow women the time and energy to lean in without being overloaded? 
When I spoke to Sir Lancelot about his family responsibilities and how that works with his leadership role in his organisation, he had some interesting things to say. Yeah, I guess so. I'm in a um, in a in a leader, leadership position yes, in, yeah. my, in my employment, my job, and so I guess I uh, purpose. I, I don't try to hide because of my kids. Yep. Uh, I guess I, I try to make sure that the outputs of my work are. Um, uh, the example of my productivity or represent my productivity, the outcomes of of, um, of that profession. Yep. And in doing so, try to work with as my colleagues to make sure that they feel empowered yep. to do the same. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't, as a manager, I don't sit there and watch the clock and make sure everyone's in by nine and gone by five. Yep. And it would be setting the wrong example because I'm not like that. Yeah, right? yep. Um, but I do get my stuff done. Um, and, and collectively as a group, it's to a high standard. And, and so the, the leadership by example point is that you know, it's the, the message to them is that so long as you're getting your work done. Done, yeah. Um, and I understand that, you know, little Johnny's sick today, so you can't turn up. Yeah. And, and rather than getting annoyed and frustrated about it, as some managers or bosses might be, it's, it's understanding their situation as yeah. well because you're yeah. going through it in your own right. Yeah, so I think it's those... Um, uh, uh, just setting the the tone, I suppose that you know you shouldn't be ashamed that you've got children. Yeah, yeah, and, and so I think um, that's. I mean, it is so really, really important that leaders are doing that, um, and that's what you know the the kind of experts are saying that. Yeah. Um, people in leadership roles need to be uh, walking the walk um, yeah. to show the the people that um, they're leading that mm. that is okay. You know, I'd, I'd send a, a circular email around to my team. Saying, look, I'm not in today because yep. child X or child Y is sick. Um, yeah. But feel free to email me, and or if, me or something. Yeah, and if someone's just, you know, in your team and just had their first child and are, are doing that first six months mm. of childcare, they're going to feel a lot more comfortable with your yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well done. Very good. The attitude and example set by workplace leaders is something that is pretty key to men accessing flexible work arrangements. If a leader has sought arrangements for themselves, they are obviously going to see the value in their staff seeking the same arrangements. But I also want to look a bit closer to home for a barrier that may be contributing to men and women being locked into their traditional roles. Mother guilt. Mother guilt is that feeling that tells us women that no one can look after our offspring as well as we can and we should be doing all the things to make sure everything is done correctly. It is that feeling that we should be the one who looks after them when they are sick. It is the feeling that we should be doing the school pickups and taking the kids to endless after-school activities and we should be preparing healthy food every meal and we should be keeping a lid on the kids' screen time. So why do we have mother guilt and what is it good for? Have you seen the movie Inside Out? Remember how we learned that fear plays a role in keeping Riley safe? Disgust keeps her safe from social disaster and anger ensures she is getting her fair share. But when they take over the controls, total disaster. Mother Guilt helps keep you in check, making sure you're doing a good job at this parenting gig with that nagging thought of, am I being a good parent? But just like anger or fear, when Mother Guilt takes over the controls and rules all the decision making, the person who comes off second best is the mother. We need to keep mother guilt in check and ask ourselves these questions. Is mother guilt serving you well or is it creating a mountain of work that only you can do? Is mother guilt giving you some reasonable information to make some solid decisions 
or is it running interference and causing bad decisions? Someone with too much anger or too much fear will make decisions that aren't the best for themselves, and I think too much mother guilt has the potential to do the same. If the list of things only mum can do is a long one, there is no room on that list for the things that keep us sane, engaged and learning. To finish off, I'd like to share this reflection on parenting and working from Amber way back in episode two. Sometimes I reflect and I think you're a little bit more idealistic before you have kids. Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) That your kids are just going to get up at the appropriate time and go to bed at the appropriate time and never just, like, refuse to eat a meal when you have to be out the door in five minutes. And, yeah, yeah, you don't picture that kind of stuff. That's right, that's right. And I think also, like, yeah, like just thinking about how you might balance it all and thinking it would be... Well, I guess you just don't. You're not living it. So you can see it from the outside and think that's the perfect balance, you know, three days a week and the kids in childcare and you, you know, whatever. But I don't think there is ever a perfect balance. I don't think it can ever feel Mm. exactly right. I think that's the big trap is if people think they're going to find the perfect balance and they're probably never going to find it because it's always going to be hard. Yeah, that's right. No matter what you're doing, um which is kind of why I tend to ask about what works and what doesn't because I do think, the, I agree, whatever your arrangement is, uh, there's going to be bits that work and bits that don't work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of feel like what we're doing, what I'm doing at the moment works well, but then, like I said, you you remove a part and then suddenly it feels it like it's... Apart. Yeah. It feels like it's really bad or, exactly. you, you know, someone gets sick and exactly. they can't do what they normally do and then it feels... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> like it's not working that well. But, yeah. yeah, no matter what arrangement you come up with, there's going to be Bad aspects to it that yeah. just don't work as well. It's like, yeah, you live you live in a house and you know when you, you, you move in, you're like, this is great, this is great. But when you know that you're going to be moving out and you're like, I can't wait to not have to yes. deal with that hot water service anymore yes. or I can't do this. Exactly. So it's like it's fine while you're there. When you know that it's coming to an end, that it's coming to yeah, an end you're, you're suddenly like, like oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> counting down the days exactly it's so it's true a, isn't it's it it's a bit like bit like that yeah we're kind of like reaching out for that perfect next bit that's going to come to make our life so much better which but, we do with our kids too yeah so i was talking to someone recently who has been working um part-time and they're about to start start full-time and i was just kind of like oh you know there's this and there's this and I was obviously being a bit negative um and they were kind of going like yeah I guess I'm just seeing this change as all the good stuff Mm -hmm. and there is going to be I'm like yeah sorry I was being a little bit (laughs) negative there (laughs) but yeah there's you know you do kind of think you're going to make this change and it's got to fix everything but yeah any arrangement comes with its Mm -hmm. with its difficulties yeah absolutely As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you want to keep up to date with the Head of a Codfish podcast, subscribe in your podcast listening app or follow the Facebook page at www.headofacodfish.com slash Facebook where I post every episode and anything else that's happening in my corner of the podcast world. So I'll see you later and happy International Podcast Day. Thank you.